Hello, hello, beautiful people. Bobby the Awesome here. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. It feels like a freaking million years since I've talked to you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. I, I, It's really weird not recording every day, if I'm being honest. I have been doing a lot of interviews in the background. We've got some cool people coming up soon. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, we are going to do some more diving into the relationships, the RCA Recovering Couples Anonymous book. Last time we chatted, we kind of started the intro and then we got into the difference between functional and dysfunctional situations or characteristics in a couple. So we're going to finish up the last round of them. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the the foundation and where to start with the steps because this is a 12-step program. Here goes with the, with the dysfunctional and functional. And I guess I would encourage you as you're listening to these, think about what does it look like in your relationship? Are you functional or dysfunctional? So dysfunctional, we believe that we must enjoy the same things and have the same interests. Functional, we are learning that we can have many different interests and still enjoy being together. The next one, which is actually 11. Dysfunctional, we believe that to be good couples, we must be socially acceptable. Functional, we believe that to be good couples, we must be true to ourselves, to our coupleships, and to our principles. Wow, I can already see how this could be hard as two people because some of this is hard as one person number 12 dysfunctional we have forgotten how to play together functional we are discovering lightheartedness and the joy of playfulness yeah playfulness is one of my core values so you should definitely be able to play with your spouse the next one it is safe dysfunctional it is safer to get upset about little issues than to express our true feelings about larger ones functional We are learning to appropriately express our true feelings about issues, both large and small. Imagine that one has a little bit to do with communication. And from my past relationships, I found that if you don't address the little ones, they grow into big ones. Number 14, dysfunctional. It is easier to blame our partners than it is to accept our individual responsibilities. Functional. We are learning to accept our individual responsibilities rather than focusing on our partners. I think that's key to any recovery. And if you're someone out there that isn't necessarily in a recovering couple's situation, I would keep this one in mind with all of your relationships. It's never the other person's fault, guys. We can only take responsibility for our own actions. Dysfunctional 15, we deal with conflict by getting totally out of control or by not arguing at all. Functional, we are learning to deal with conflict appropriately and to fight fairly. Somebody was telling me, oh, it was one of my uncles, when they were talking about not speaking to each other, that when someone stops talking to you, it's worse than even arguing because you're not getting the feedback. So I think that's what they mean by not arguing at all. 
either that or pushing it down, right? And stuffing it so that you don't have to deal with it, which is essentially filling your negative bucket and setting you up to explode when you do. Number 16, dysfunctional. We experience ourselves as inadequate parents. Functional. We are coming to accept our limitation as parents. I am not a parent, so I can't really speak to this one. Although I feel like I get to be a little parental when it comes to Kai and even just normal people in my life sometimes. But I think I think that I'm enjoying the... Ev- no, I know I'm enjoying the evolution of parenthood. I don't know if it's just the little exposure I get mostly on TV or social media, the different styles of parenthood. I was watching, what is it? This is Us. I think it was last week or the week before. But there was a situation and the daughter called the mother a name. And like old school would be, mom would slap the kid across the face, right? Like that would be couple generations ago and this was a very like the mom called bullshit like you can't call me names but it also had a very loving context to it and they were able to resolve it so I think the parenting style in the world is changing or or maybe you come from generations of addiction and different parenting styles that may or may not be the best today maybe it's it's trying to figure out what those limitations are and and changing parenting styles. I had a lot to say, even though I'm not a parent, huh? (laughs) Dysfunctional number 17. We're ashamed of ourselves as couples. Functional. We're proud of the progress we are making as a couple. And 18. We Dysfunction. We repeat patterns of dysfunction from our families of origin. Functional. We are recognizing the patterns of dysfunction from our families of origin and breaking them. I swear I didn't read ahead on that when I was talking about the parents. So that and the show we did before talking about the difference between functional and dysfunctional. I imagine that probably every relationship has some level of dysfunctional or some area of opportunity, right? Because it's we're humans and there's two humans in a relationship. So I can't imagine that they're super perfect everywhere. In RCA, the Recovering Couples Anonymous, they highlight this list of things that most couples have issues on. Money, sex, children, power issues, roles, rules, and boundaries, fear, resentment, attempting to control one's partner's behavior, partner's family, communication, and no mutual interest. I could see all of those being points of contention, depending on the situation. We're not going to get into each one of those right now. I want to kind of share the foundation of what Recovering Couples Anonymous would look like. And I don't know if, if any of you are out there considering going to find a meeting if you're both wanting to be in recovery or fix your marriage from a recovery perspective. I, if, if you want to do it, I, I suggest definitely going to a meeting. I'm not the expert here. But I think bringing awareness to some of these different programs and talking about some of these topics that might not be on our radar is a, is a good 
start, right? That's why we practice honesty and self-awareness. Essentially, the, the concept of recovering couples is to work the 12 steps, but as a couple instead of individuals, which I find very interesting. And in here, it tells us that they want, they suggest, they suggest that the couple works with a sponsor couple instead of trying to do the work themselves, which that makes sense. It's kind of like having a mediator. The, the recommendation through this program is that step work should be like a formal, you know, there should be time carved out and the couple should agree on what that, when that time is, how long that time is, what they're going to do. Chances are there could be one partner that's really gung-ho and another that's maybe less gung-ho. So meeting in the middle and I guess scheduling when and how you work on the step work would definitely be a good start for starting to um, compromise and work on recovery issues in the relationship. The common goal working the steps is healthy intimacy. For some people, one obstacle to working the steps was that they started talking honestly about the relationships, but then they opened up about emotionally charged issues. As a result of that, it was difficult for one or both partners to stay in the process. And that makes complete sense to me. You get on a hot topic and with that has a lot of feeling around it. I can think of a situation, there's someone in my life who really, really struggles with their chain of command at work. And just when this person talks about them, their whole body language and voice changes because so much damage has been done or there's emotionally charged issues there. So even if something today was said said in a not combative way or wasn't a trigger for those emotions, just the history alone could be a trigger. And I could see that happening in marriages as well or relationships. They give us a sample contract here, which I really like. And this makes sense too. So you have a written agreement with your partner. Again, I'm comparing this to a boss and employee relationship, but I guess it's kind of all the same, right? Like let's treat each other as humans and and be good to each other and agree on the common goals so that way you can work on them together. It makes sense. So here's kind of a sample. I, so-and-so, commit to work steps one, two, and three with you, so-and-so, for X amount of hours each Saturday morning for the next three months. Then the next person says the same thing. We agree that we'll start by saying the serenity prayer in we format, followed by the safety guidelines, which are on page 55 when we're not anywhere close, but I'll share those with you as we get to that chapter. We agree to not interrupt our partner. We agree to keep the focus on ourselves, not on our partner. We commit to stay present and not make any dramatic exits. If we find either of us needs to take a break before we leave, we commit to reschedule a time to continue. We commit to close each session with the serenity prayer. We agree if we're unable to make progress in two consecutive sessions, we will ask another couple for support. Maybe I misread that earlier. 
We agreed to negotiate an extension of this contract if we have not finished our three steps during the last week of the three-month period. And then both people sign it, and there's a witness line in this, this example. And steps one, two, and three, to remind you, is we're powerless over the addiction. I don't have it in front of me, so I am going to, you know, do my little guessing here. Step two is... Is it step two? Wait, we admitted we were powerless. Number two, I, I know two and three both have to do with higher power. One is acknowledging or having a higher power, and the other one's turning the stuff over. Wow, I can't, I, I'm a bad girl. I must not have been a GA in a while. Uh, so... So there's actually a nice little third step prayer, which I feel like I've heard this more in AA. I don't know that we've done that. I've never done it in a GA environment, but couples may invite their higher power in whatever manner feels good, you know, right to them. Most found that by inviting their higher power into coupleships, that they received the serenity they sought. And then it says some people use this third step prayer. So I'm going to read the, read the prayer. And, oh, the steps are coming up. <laughs> um, higher power, we offer our coupleship to you to transform us and to do with our relationship as you believe is best. Take away the selfishness we show towards each other and others in our lives so that we may better do your will. Take away our dysfunctional patterns of caring, communication, and intimacy. That overcoming them may be a testimony of your power, your love, and your way of life to each other and to those we might help. So I love that. Instead of, not that it's not each other's responsibility, but to have that faith that it's going to work out and to take some of the stress of the situation off and give it to the higher power. I mean, that's part of the point of having a higher power is releasing some of that control. So I think that prayer is pretty beautiful. So step one, we admitted we were powerless over our relationship and that our lives together had become unmanageable. And yeah, no, I'm, I wasn't wrong. It does say step work should be done in the presence of a sponsoring couple, which makes complete sense to me. The book continues with some instructions on, on how to communicate, like with writing on the piece of paper and everything. And here are some of the questions, and this is how we'll wrap up. I want you to think about these questions with your relationship, and I guess that will help you decide if you want to keep tuning in or, I mean, you're welcome to tune in if you don't have these problems. But I'm, I'm thinking this is the equivalent to 20 questions for us gamblers. So... Here we go. Number one, what dysfunctional roles have you brought from your family of origin? Number two, what have your family of origin models taught you about relationships? They're so politically correct, right? Family of origin instead of saying even parents. Three, if you've had an experience of abuse, how have those affected your ability to relate, to be intimate, and to be sexual? So for me... I, I know with those first three questions, there's definitely history plays into it, different things that I saw 
And I was never a good partner because I was so busy being independent because I didn't want to be like some of the things in my family of origin and be dependent on the guy. All right, moving on. Four, how do, you, how do your individual addictions or dysfunctions affect your coupleship? What are reoccurring issues you never seem to resolve? For example, how you spend money, how you spend your time together, how you parent, divide the household duties, and celebrate the holidays. So are there things that keep coming up, that the same old fights, you're fighting about the same old things? How do, you, how do these issues bring you to anger and... And what are your patterns of expressing anger? So are you a close the door, storm out of the house person? Are you a cry? Are you a throw the frying pan? Are you a, are you a, a drinker or a gambler? You know, are you using those kind of coping mechanisms? So again, self-awareness and honesty. But it's interesting that that's one of the questions they ask. In what ways do you feel hopeless about your coupleship? In order to save your coupleship, what measures have you tried that haven't seemed to work? And how do you fight unfairly? That was the biggest thing that I learned out of my last relationship. And it, it had to do with my recovery. Had nothing to do with him in the way that he fought because, you know, his way was a little bit manipulative at times. But... I expressed myself. I was more patient than I had ever been. I was kind. You know, like I could get my point across without having to fight with the name calling and the swearing and the games and even passive aggressive. Oh, my goodness. Anybody out there passive aggressive? I know it's it's definitely a go-to of mine that is a hard habit to break. So understanding the powerlessness and unmanageability of your relationship is key. Remember, you are a beautiful and unique couple and you deserve recovery. Having surrendered thus far, you're ready to take step two. So we'll get into step two and three maybe together. We'll see how long they are the next time we chat. I think I think that I think this is going to be different for every person and every couple out there. I've never thought until getting exposure to this about actually working on recovery as a unit in the context they're talking about and recovering on the relationship versus recovering from addiction exclusively. So I would encourage everyone out there to do some thought and see how you relate to this, you know, especially if, if there are two people in the relationship that are dysfunctional or addicts or, you know, are coping through various other ways, gambling, drinking, whatever the things are, I almost feel like this could be beneficial to a couple that doesn't have addiction, that they just want to work on being a better couple. Because if we learn how to communicate or or the boss-employee relationship or your friends, you know, I don't know that you'd sit down and, and do 12 steps necessarily with your friends, but your own individual behavior and, and the things you do in your recovery impact your relationships. It might actually be a neat little exercise to do with people. Yeah, you can't go to your boss and say, hey, I want to work the 12 steps with you, but imagine if we could, imagine if, if we could get to where we could all communicate openly, honestly, and really move the needle and do some healing 
Oh my gosh, the world would be a better place. Anyway, I digress. So this is very interesting and we will continue. We'll get through the whole book. We'll go through all the steps and see how it applies to the the couples. I probably should have done it by month, but I just stumbled upon it and thought this would be a fun thing to do. I also need to do, I'm going to have to get a book or research, celebrate recovery and smart recovery more. Those are two other recovery pieces that I don't know a tremendous amount about and I would like to make a better effort so that uh, I can inform you on what I learn, and so I know. So that's what I got for you guys today. Know that even though I'm not recording every day, I am missing you and thinking about you and hoping everyone out there is doing well. If you're still gambling and you want to make a change or, or try to start working on it independently, the... 30-Day Give Up Gambling Challenge is, is available on my website. It, it involves getting a daily communication with a, a lesson and some homework, and it's, it's kind of an individual, it's an individual foundation that can help you get through your first 30 days. Now, you guys know I'm not a counselor. I'm not a medical professional. I will probably go for formal training one of these days. But for now, it's just what's worked for me or what I've seen or experienced through my journey or being around other gamblers. But there has been some success with with doing it. So that is an option if you're considering, you know, making that move if you're still if you're still gambling or if you just want to learn more. So that's on uh, BobbyTheAwesome.com or 321NoKidding.com. It's all the same. It's... uh. It it got a little confusing with uh, the VA, the virtual assistant business coming online and stuff. So my website has to be multi-purposeful. It's not just 321 No Kidding anymore. So just to give you a little little context around that. All right, beautiful people. I hope that you have a spectacular weekend. It was so good to be here. So good to chat with you. And I will talk to you guys soon.